Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book, in just everyday language, will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Finishing strong. Hard work, vision, and going for it wholeheartedly does not make a person tired. It is what gives us the strength to not faint but finish strong. It is what gets us up in the morning and motivates us to keep going. My late dad, who is now with Jesus, had a heart like a lion. He was without doubt the strongest man that I ever knew, a genuine old-fashioned blacksmith. When his best friend in the whole world, his beloved wife, was called home to heaven at a comparatively early age, he literally threw the towel in and gave up living. She was simply everything to him. Slowly but surely, we saw that wonderful father of ours fade away to nothing. And finally, he passed away. Most men inevitably give up when they retire, unless they have a vision. Not so the eagle Christian. He regroups, he recalculates, he sharpens those talons. And then after a season of rest, mourning and healing, he gets back into the race of life, waiting for vision from God. This is where the beautiful scripture from Isaiah, those who wait upon the Lord, is especially relevant. It emphasizes the importance of having a booth and how crucial it is to come ye apart on a regular basis, just like our master did when he came to earth. Jesus often went aside and spent time waiting on his father for he needed his strength renewed. In the English Standard Version of the Bible, the commentary says that the meaning of wait for the Lord is savoring God's promise by faith until the time of fulfillment. And again, the meaning of the word renew is to find endless supplies of fresh strength. Human strength, even at its greatest, inevitably fails. Only the promise of God can sustain human perseverance. Hardship develops patience. In a beautiful book written by Andrew Murray, that amazing man of faith, he talks about patience. He says that the Latin meaning of the word patience is suffering. If you think about it, it is only through suffering that we become patient. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, Glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, suffering, produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. A person one might describe as salt of the earth is someone who has endured suffering and hardship. So if you ask the Lord to give you patience, He may well bring you suffering. The most impatient people I meet in my life 
tend to be those who have never suffered. Often, they are people who were successful at school, always did well at sport, and were never short of money. Things come so easily to them, it seems normal. Accordingly, they get very impatient when things don't go their way. Let me give you a practical illustration. When you're driving along the highway and your car breaks down, who is the first person to stop? Yes, it's almost always a poor person in an old beaten up car. Why? Because they know what it's like to suffer because they have had many breakdowns in the past and can sympathize with your predicament. More often than not, the person driving a fancy sports car will just drive straight on. Or he may even hoot at you because you've been inconsiderate enough to break down and you're blocking a lane. They would never think that you didn't do it on purpose. And yes, if you'd had the money, you would buy a new vehicle. I have fond memories of when Jill and I started farming. We had literally nothing to begin with. And I remember that for the first three weeks, we lived on potatoes because we had no money to buy any meat. It makes you very patient with others after enduring trying times like these. There is no doubt that hardship develops patience. Patience is a virtue. If you are going to have proper quiet time with the Lord every morning and you want Him to speak to you, you have to learn to be patient. He will not speak to you in a rush. The Lord is very specific about what He wants to say and how He wants to say it. He doesn't want to share you with anybody else. He doesn't intend playing second fiddle. So if you have other thoughts on your mind, you need to sit quietly, be patient, and focus on the things of God. Then He will start speaking to you through His Spirit, through the Word, through praise and worship, and through prayer. And that takes patience. Sometimes it is hard to settle down, especially for a person like me who is very impulsive by nature. But we do need to be quiet and to do nothing and to listen for God. This is something that will only come through spending time waiting on Him. Isaiah 40, 31 is a scripture that's so specific, isn't it? Those who wait upon the Lord. This Bible verse is so very true. Have you ever noticed how older people move slower than younger people? They are far more specific and careful when they do a task. Why is that? Yes, they don't have the energy that a young person has, but they also tend to do things properly the first time. They don't have the strength to do it twice. Again, Peggy O'Neill, our prayer warrior, comes to mind. As mentioned, she had to have one of her legs amputated because of diabetes. She also suffered from a number of other ailments. Yet, despite these difficulties, I have never met such a patient lady in all my life. She would spend hours and hours, in fact, days on end, praying for the lost, praying for protection over me and my family, praying for the campaigns that I was involved in. Sometimes I could almost tangibly 
feel her prey. My first duty when I got home from a campaign was to go and to give her an in-depth report back. Peggy wanted to know everything in detail. And I remember patiently writing out everything that I told her. And where are you going next, she would ask. How long and what are you going to be doing? And who's going with you? She would do her research about the area, find out about it all. Ministry, as we know, is what Jesus Christ himself was called to in the first few years of his life. He was also an intercessor, and he is interceding on our behalf as I write this book. The power of prayer cannot be underestimated. Patience is indeed a virtue. And if we're going to be virtuous men and women who hear from God, we need to give him time to speak to us. We need to be patient. Not long ago, my son Fergie asked me to ride with him up the hill on the farm where we keep some new calves. When we got there, we saw that one of them had an eye infection. Fergie wanted to bring the animal back to the homestead so that he could treat it. He and I were on horseback and one of the boys from the children's home was with us, a young lad about 15 years of age. It was easy to see how lively he was, so full of energy. He wanted so much to help Fergie and I. But in his enthusiasm and lack of patience, he caused the young animal to become stressed and fearful. The more the animal tried to run away, the faster he would ride after it until I had to tell him just to stop and leave the animal alone. After a while, the animal settled right down and we were able to just walk the calf all the way home. He was put in the handling facility and Fergie doctored his eye. Through this, I saw how impulsiveness sometimes doesn't help a situation. It makes it worse, especially if you are working with animals. If you are calm and quiet, the animal will usually be the same. It is when we start to rush things that the animal gets uptight and can sense that something is wrong. Then he will want to bolt. And then, of course, you have a massive problem on your hands. Often this can result in the animal being injured or falling or running into a fence. Be impatient and then walking slowly behind him and guiding him along always works better. Again, this comes with time and experience. To begin with, I was the worst candidate. I was a very impatient person by nature and would go like a bull in a china shop in anything that I did. This often resulted in having to do something over three or more times before I got it right. We do need to learn from our mistakes. One of the biggest tests of my life is when I lost my little nephew, which I described in an earlier chapter. Having faced his father and mother really took the stuffing out of me. It took a lot away from my confidence and I was reluctant to attempt anything for a long time after that. What it did teach me though was to lean on God. It taught me 
to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it also taught me to say no. They say it takes more faith to say no than to say yes. And up until then, I had very much been a people pleaser. I didn't want to offend people. I wanted them to like me. But after that ordeal, I started to realize that whether people liked me or not was unimportant. What was important was being obedient to God. Be a corner post to the world. I have always said to my children, people don't have to like you, but they must respect you. And people only respect you if your yes is yes and your no is no. A person needs to be steady, reliable, and steadfast, just like a corner post. A corner post is a solid part of a fence. If there is no corner post, the fence will not stand up straight. And how we need corner posts in the kingdom of God today. Men and women who are solid and are like an oak tree that will not be swayed. They are prepared to wait and hear from God before they make an impulsive decision. Those are the men and women that we need in society today. There is a security about such people, and it all comes back to having a steady, quiet time with the Lord. If you examine the patriarchs in the Bible, they were individuals who thought before they spoke, who considered things carefully before they took action. They were people who God could rely on. Moses was one such man. When he was a prince and an heir to the throne of Egypt, he was a self-opinionated, impulsive man, so much so that he killed one of the slave drivers in a rage. As we know, he had to run for his life. But with that time in the wilderness, looking after his father-in-law's sheep, he quieted down and became a patient person. When God called him to set his people free, Moses was reluctant to do it. That is what the Lord often does. When we offer our services, he often rejects them because our motives are impure and we are too erratic. But when we think we are inadequate, that is when he often decides to challenge us and give us a task to do for him. Quiet times will make you a patient man or woman of God. Without doubt, it is a discipline to get up in the morning to have your quiet time. Sometimes not hearing the voice of God in your heart for days or weeks, but not being concerned about it. Reading the scriptures writing them down in the first person if you so choose, praying, listening to gospel music, and just meditating are wholesome ingredients for a quiet time and pleasing to the Father. Keeping faithfully to this pattern will make you a patient person and take all the impulsiveness out of you. Then, and only then, Will you be ready for the work the Lord has called you to? Thank you for listening to this episode of The Boost. 